everyone, this is David. Welcome back, Behind the Velvet Rope. Let's just get right into it today because we are joined on location in New Jersey by the one, the only, Miss Kim D. Hello. I've been dying to do this with you, David. You know, we're best friends, guys, and we're together all the time. And you have no idea how many times we plan this, right? But you guys, you know why? We're always looking to go out and party and not work. So now we're working. I say this all the time. It's actually harder to schedule this with people that you know. It really is. True. Because is like true. it sounds good, right? And then the day comes when we just want to have drinks and go out. And I'm like, I, I don't want to sit down and chat with you. Exactly. Because we <laughs> chat, you know, all the time. We're at restaurants or when David comes by my house. But right now we're in my bedroom. Um, because we, I want to tell you right off the bat, I have eight dogs. So if you hear a little, we're, we're up in my room so we can, you know, have some quiet. But if you hear a dog barking, it's not my fault because I have eight of them. So we're going to try to keep them composed. You really have eight. I really do. You know, I think when I talk about you, I say you have seven dogs. My mother says I have seven dogs too. And sometimes I say six, but I always thought you had seven. I have eight. I've somehow gotten rid of one of your dogs. I'm so sorry. I know. Guess what? I was going to say. Know, there might be nine someday, but we'll keep it at eight. Oh, my God. Okay. Well, eight is a lot. I slept really over is. here the other night, and eight is a lot. So we're in Wayne, New Jersey. We're in Kim's bedroom. This yes. is just what I think people would expect from your bedroom. Yeah, we might take them around a little bit. You know, I have it decorated for um, the holidays up here, and my selfie mirror uh, that I use that everybody loves, everybody goes crazy, is right next your to me. Your outfit of the night. Yeah, and um, I'm going to try to step up my game because... People have been saying to me, you know, you don't really do a lot on your Instagram. You have to clean up your IG. You have to do more outfits. But I'm a lazy mofo. You know, I got to be honest. And uh, I like playing around with my dogs and going out with David. So, but I'm going to step up my game. I think you do a lot on Instagram. Thank you. Okay. Well, I know you help me a lot. Listen, it's a full-time job, this Instagram. certainly is. So, okay, so we're in Wayne, New Jersey. Now, tell us, you know, first of all, the people have been waiting for this. So, welcome, Kim. Welcome. That's great. Let me be professional for a minute. Go ahead. Um, Okay, so, well, tell, you know, why don't you tell everyone, I don't know if everyone really knows, like, where are you from originally? I am from Elmwood Park, New Jersey. Um, It was East Patterson. Uh, Then when I went to high school, they changed it to Elmwood Park. Um, I graduated there. It was a phenomenal school. I loved it. I loved school. I got class flirt. Really? Got class flirt. Okay. Uh, I was going for best dress, but you know, they gave it to somebody who really wasn't best dress. But you know, that's okay. Because I made up for it in later years. But yeah, class flirt. It was very friendly. Class flirt's a good one. It was a good, no, it was great. It was great. Oh, I loved wow. it. Uh, let's see. I'm still very, very good friends with all my friends from high school. Like, really? Oh my God. And they're all over my Facebook and they're very supportive of me. Um, like not too many people attack me on Facebook, but if God forbid someone does, oh boy, like these really? girls go at them and the guys. So yeah, I'm very lucky to have gone to Elmwood Park High School. Shout out to EP. And is EP like, you know, like on the show, Dolores says, like I, I've been in Patterson, mm-hmm. like tell us about Patterson. Is it because okay. Dolores says like it's Patterson, New Jersey, like Patterson, New Jersey is going to come out. Yeah, Patterson, New Jersey was, so they had Patterson. And they had East of Patterson, which was East Patterson. It wasn't Patterson, but it was East of. So it's East. And then they had West of Patterson, which was West Patterson. West of Patterson now is Woodland Park. And East of Patterson is Elmwood Park. So we had some rough and tough people. You know, there was fist fights. There was some crazy. I learned how to take care of myself. That's what I'm, I mean, oh, Patterson yeah, was, now is not. Oh, listen, you don't want to drive through there. It's a little scary. It's a little scary. It's a little scary. 
So you grew up knowing how to protect yourself. I didn't want to, you know, I was a girly girl. And, um, but you know, you kind of had to. So I was more words protecting myself. I had, you know, that sharp tongue. And at one time when I was, I think I'm going to say I was in seventh or eighth grade, the, the high school was started from seventh and went to 12. So I, I went to Catholic uh, school, St. Leo's. And but one seventh grade came, I was like, I begged my mother. And I'd gone to school in Florida, by the way. In sixth grade, I went to a private school. My mom lived in Florida for a little while, half a year. And I was so excited about wearing regular clothes that when I, when I came back, I'm like, Can you, I was begging, can you please put me in Elmer Park High School? She did. With that said, I'm going to say it was seventh or eighth grade. There was, I hung out with older kids, you know, older girls. And, um, you know, but I was going out with guys that were two years older than me. And I was like a seventh grade punk or eighth grade punk. And they're like, who is this new girl coming in? And one time I had to go get my mother because my mother was a tough cookie. Like, mom, you're picking on me. You know, they're trying. And my mother came right to the school. Like, we hung out after yeah. school. And I was like, listen, came up with the big Cadillac with my stepfather and said, you're not going to play around with my daughter. Like, are you kidding me? And we all made friends, and there was respect earned on the street. And with that, I never had to have a fist fight again. So it was all good. So your mother kind of set them straight. Uh, yeah. With my stepfather and the, and the big Cadillac at the time. Is that where you get it from? I think I get it from, um, yeah. You know, my father was a cool cat. You know, my mother and my father were divorced. Um, but my mother was really a tough cookie. You know, she was really a tough cookie. She wasn't like, go back to that school and beat the shit out of those oh, girls. No, 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 no. She was like, I'll go back to the school with you. And she didn't want me to beat the shit. You know, you could learn. Just she didn't want her daughter to get dirty. You know what I mean? Just that makes she, sense. She, listen, when you're, when you're rough and tough on the street, you could just, you know, use a few words and, and then you're up. But, you know, I was younger than them and I was smaller. And she was like, you know, you're not going to touch my daughter and get away with this, you know? So, but the way she spoke to them, she earned their respect. And they were like, all right, we can all be cool. And I wasn't going with anybody else's boyfriends. You know, I've always had that kind of code, you know. Girl. Right. So, yeah, she straightened it out. So what do you mean? So, like, what type of childhood? What do you mean, like, you know, they wouldn't get away with it? What does that mean? Okay. Well, everyone knew um, my mother's, my mother was married a few times. But she, you know, her third marriage was a charm. She was married to my stepfather, the third one, for 39 years. Um, my father was a great guy. He passed away a couple of years ago. It was devastating. My mother and my father were best friends my whole life. So I had a wonderful childhood as far as that's concerned. Let's get to the second husband. Second husband was the type of man that, that like Goodfellas, where they would put the, the, the table in the Copacabana. So I was six years old. I rubbed noses with Jimmy Durante. I had pictures to prove it. I was very good friends with Frankie Valley, had many pictures with him. Paul Anka. Diana Ross, Miss Supremes, Frank Sinatra, Joe Pesci was at my house on a regular basis. You know, he was the real deal. This man was the real deal. He has passed since. Um, the real deal. The real deal. Meaning he was Made a man with the Gambino family. When the Gambino family still had the big Gambino around, although Gambino was still around. Did you, and I've seen pictures of you and Diana Ross. I have it right here. We could show them. Well, that's a good picture to have. Yeah. Um, and the Supremes, not just Frank. So, like, okay, so he was a made man, as you say. Yeah. And did you, like, were you aware of what that meant? At the time, no. But there were certain things that went on that you just knew. You saw the respect. You saw the fear. You saw the love. It was a combination. So, and there was always a lot of men, you know, dressed, like, to the nuns. 
for instance, I've never got into this part. This is really cool. Tell us. My stepfather, my second one, the one that was uh, connected, he was originally from Boston. And um, he was a young guy. And he was pretty rough. They couldn't handle him in Boston, so they sent him over to New York. This is the, set, this is the guy. Second one. This is, yeah, the second one. So they sent him to New York because he was just like, this, is, this guy's just too wild. We can't handle him. They put the Gambino family. So he wore like his clothes. He had the cufflinks. Everything had his initials. My mother ironed his boxer shorts. Okay. It, he was, you know, like he would walk in and, you know, like the, the top of your ledges, he put his finger like this, the top of the ledges. My mother had dinner on the table every night at five o'clock. No, you would never have leftovers. Like he, whatever was done, he would throw it in the garbage. You know, so my mother kind of told the line and he was the type that if my mother wanted to play cards or she wanted to go shopping, he would drive her and drive her home. With me, I was not his daughter. He knew my father. He loved my father. But I had dresses back then when I was six years old. They were maybe 500 to $1,000 that I would wear to the Copacabana. So he took very good care of me in that sense. He loved clothes. And I think that's where I get my love of clothes and fashion because this man was, his, his you know, ensembles were insane. Are you saying you were spoiled right from childhood? Spire, I was spoiled. I was spoiled. I still am spoiled. But I was. So wait, so did your mother know that he was connected to like the Gambino family? My mother didn't really know the extent of it. She liked the lifestyle. It was fun. But I think when she finally realized what was going on, when she, when she finally realized like wow, this is pretty intense. She couldn't handle it. She just couldn't handle it. And she had to ask if she could leave. You have to ask permission. She got it because the head of, the one that was the head, the man that was the head of um, my stepfather loved my mom. And his wife was named Dottie and she had red hair and blue eyes like my mom. And she went to my him and she said, listen, she said, I don't know anything. You know, they don't tell their wives anything. There's nothing I, I would never, you know, I'm a respectful person. I don't want to get involved in all this. I just really can't handle the lifestyle. And he gave her permission to leave. It was not an easy time. That was not an easy time. That's so you just can't leave. Like if you just yeah. pack your bags and leave, yeah. it doesn't end well. No, it does not end well. And is that all they care about? They just care about what do you know? They don't care about like the respect, the respect. respect. The respect. The embarrassment. The respect. And, in, and it could be what you know. Thank God he pretty much kept my mother in the dark. Listen, she wasn't, she knew we were getting the front table at the Copacabana, let's face it. Um, you know, but you really, she didn't know the extent of how deep, you know. And when she kind of, she never really knew until later on it was a book written about him, really how deep it was. I don't think she wanted to know. And then she said, let's leave. And they said, we're uh, she, like, uh, she was scared to death. She almost had a nervous breakdown. Well, that yeah. would scare a lot of people. Right. I mean, it might scare me, yeah. Well, yeah. It didn't scare me because I went on to repeat history and my son's father was connected also and whatever, you know. Well, okay. So did you know, though, like when your mother, like did your mother tell you? Like, this I is, knew. Listen, you I, did? I was, I was, gosh, I mean, I think when, when, they, when they separated, I was 10. So, hello. You know at 10 years old. And you just know, because what? There's people that are dressed a certain well, way. Well, you know that Joe Pesci is in your house. You know that you're hanging out with Frankie Valli. 
you know that when he calls Frank Sinatra, you get the front row to see Frank Sinatra. But like Diana Ross isn't has no connection to this. Okay, well, the Diana Ross story is this. And I have the pictures to prove it. I'll show you. I'm like, if you tell me Diana Ross is connected to now, the Gambino family, I'll pass out. Let me explain to you what happened with Diana Ross. So I think in this picture, I'm going to say it was about eight, nine. And Diana Ross and the Supremes were at the top of the banner. And my stepfather and his boss and me and his boss's son are at the top of the band. Um, my stepfather, his name was Butchie, he said to the Copa of the Banner people, I want my daughter, called me his daughter at the time, and my friend's son to take a picture with Diana Ross and the Supremes. And like Ms. Ross said, absolutely not. I don't take pictures. He said, well, you take this one. And she took it. So, you know, here I am smiling, little girl, with Diana Ross, Ms. Ross, who doesn't take pictures with anyone, and I have a picture with Diana Ross and the Supremes, and she was told, you take this picture. So I don't know what the connection is, but all I know is she was told to take it, she took it. Was Ms. Ross afraid for her life at that point? I think Ms. Ross just knew who to respect and who not. I don't think they were, you know, threatened right. for her life. But you know, you know, when someone, when you're entertaining and someone comes to you and says, this is the picture you're gonna take, you kind of say, okay, and you take it. And I think looking at the picture, she had a smile. They all smiled. They all smiled. Well, let me tell picture. you, Miss Ross still does not like taking That's pictures. That's exactly right. You know that I just went to see her recently. She was fabulous, by the way. I went to see her last she's year. She's great. She was excellent. So she's great, but she still doesn't like taking pictures. She doesn't like, Miss Ross doesn't do anything. Miss Ross doesn't want to do No, so she does not. to show you who this man so, well, no, that does show it. So there was like a lot, you were, people were dressed well. There was lots of, what about like when he, was he gone for certain hours of the day? You know what I mean? Like, was it like that? Like, did he come home he at times and you said something's going on, something just happened? Like, he owned a Chinese restaurant, which we loved. We used to go all the time. Um, and people was, ate there for real? All the time. It wasn't just like, you no, know, money really laundering or something. I mean, listen, you know, he owned a Chinese restaurant, whatever whatever you do at the restaurant, you do. But, um, yeah, I mean, he was home a lot, as I can recall. You know, he would be out probably most of the hours of the night that, you know, they do their thing, they have their meetings. But every night at 5 o'clock, he was home and he wanted dinner on the table. And my mother's probably the best cook I've done. And so your mother was scared when she found this out, and then she got permission to leave and, and she left. he was very good to my You know, he loved my mother. He was very good to her, very good to me. Um, but she just couldn't handle the life. She just, it wasn't, you know, she just couldn't handle it. it well, your good. mind starts to wander when someone's not home, even if they're gone between nine and five. Yes. My mind is wandering right now as to what one could do. Sure. I'll admit it. As important as it is for me to eat healthy and put the right nutrients into my body and hydrate, I'm really not great at it. I'm always on the go. I'm never making that a priority and I'm always hungry. This was a real problem until I discovered 310 Nutrition. I love 310 Nutrition's water hydrators. You just add them to water and they make your water taste so much better. They also have refreshing lemonade mixes. My personal favorite, they're all-in-one shakes. I love their caramel sundae, their vanilla cake, the shamrock cream. I drink one of these shakes and it totally satisfies my hunger. 
They're low in fat and low carbs, which I love. They also satisfy my carb craving. But don't take my word for it. Right now, 310 is celebrating a new year of goals with code VELVETROPE and giving our listeners 50% off up to $100 off your first order. With so many sample packs, new products, it's really fun and it's easy to put together an order or start a subscription on products you know you'll use. Go to 310nutrition.com and use the code VELVETROPE right now for 50% up to $100 for your first order. That's 310nutrition.com and use code VELVETROPE. I mean, the thing is, after years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by big wireless providers, if there's one thing I've learned, there's always a catch. So when I first heard that Mint Mobile offers premium wireless services starting at just 15 bucks a month, I thought, okay, what's the catch? But after speaking with them and using their service, it all made sense to me. There isn't one. Mint Mobile is the first company to sell wireless services online only. It's a brilliant idea. I don't know why no one has thought of this before. So by cutting out retail brick and mortar stores, there's no crazy overhead costs that they have to pay that get passed down to you. They're able to save all of that. And the only thing that they pass down to you is great savings. That's right. The plans start at just $15 a month. I'm using it. It's great. And of course, it comes with unlimited talk and text, high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. And don't freak out yet. You can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and you keep your same phone number. So for everyone looking to get in touch with me, I have the same phone number since switching to Mint Mobile. And if you're not 100% satisfied, they have a seven-day money-back guarantee. This has changed my life. It starts at 15 bucks a month. So to get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com slash velvet rope. That's mintmobile.com slash velvet rope. And you will cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash velvet rope. If you want to stop paying exorbitant amount and only want to pay 15 bucks a month, mintmobile.com slash velvet rope. That's it. 15 bucks a month. So, I mean, what does the mob mean to you? Like just describe the mob. Like what would you say? Like, I mean, we always hear about like loyalty. Okay. Well, well, I feel that, and this is what my stepfather used to say, you know, Butchie, he said the government is much more corrupt than the mob would ever be. At least when you're in the mob and you have loyalty and you have respect, you're in the life. You know what to expect. You do something wrong, God forbid something's going to happen, whatever. But like, look at our government, how corrupt they are. They're corrupt yeah. as can be. So he would always say that to my mother. He goes, the government's much more corrupt than we could ever be. So I believe that even when Gotti was around, I mean, the streets were safer. No, now you have gangs. Now there's gangs out there. I'd rather have the mob anytime than gangs. You know, so I'm not saying I want to go and mob. That's about, I'm just saying I would feel safer with them than I would with what's going on now. Yeah, well, yeah. there's, yes. At least there was respect on the street. The gentlemen, they protected their own, meaning like their communities were protected. Where they lived, people felt safe. Even the restaurants, Little Italy, wherever, people felt safe there. You know, I went to Rayo's. It's in Harlem. You pull up to Rayo's, you don't have to worry about if you have a Bentley, a Ferrari, your car's not going to be touched, you know? And that's what it is. It's loyalty, it's loyalty respect. It's respect. There's nothing left. 
I just went through a situation with the people that I thought were my friends. They're all opportunists, okay? Um, I thought they were my friends. No loyalty, zero, zero loyalty. Like they can't wait to, to find something to get you on or, you know, there, there's, there's like deep rooted, I don't want to use jealousy, there's nothing to be jealous about, but there's a deep rooted something that they're waiting to pounce, you know, and they just all grouped together. You know, you realize this and I'm glad to be rid of them, but while you're in it, you don't really realize that you're being taken advantage of and they're just opportunists. Well, loyalty is a big thing for you. Big thing. And I'm very willing to walk away very easily when I find out that they're not loyal. I just walk away. And this, I think this is where it's from. It's from your childhood. It's from my childhood. I mean, this is your therapy session, Kim. I love it. You didn't David. realize you were coming here for a I therapy love it. session. I love it. No, but you, you're very into loyalty. Very into loyalty. And, and, you know, certain people tell me, you know, certain people tell me, listen, Kim, let things go. You know, life is too short. You know, you take things too seriously. Well, I respect myself and I have integrity. And um, I respect myself too much to allow people to either take advantage of me, talk through both sides of their mouth. Um, when I get up from the table, if I'm being talked about, you know, I'll take it for so long. And, and then I really just say goodbye. Well, we're going to get into that because we've all seen that. Yes. Now, so after your mother left, then what? It was just the two of you? Yeah, my mother, that, like that's a whole story in itself. It's going to be in my book. But my mother had... Um, she was in love with someone else before, uh, you know, but she, they reconnected they re okay. after, after. And that's the person that she married and she wound up spending 39 years of her life with him. He passed away last year. He was wonderful to me. He was wonderful to my son. Um, probably the most wonderful man besides my father. My father was great. My mother and my father were best friends. My mother and his wife were best friends. My stepfather, my father. All the holidays were spent at my house and my mother's house all together, you know. So I had, with that, I had a good childhood. Um, but yes, she wound up marrying him and stayed married for 39 years. So the third time was a short. And then are you completely away from that lifestyle when your mother left? Or is it just you're never really completely away? You're, you're, you're smiling at my question. You're never away from it. I'll tell you why. Because um, people still respect people that I've known, the people that were my family. Um, and, you know, I still have, you know, my son's father. He passed away also. I mean, they're all, they're all gone. Um, so anyone that I meet that know who, where I've been, who I come from, my family, my husband, who was Christopher's father, they will continue to respect me. So your son's father, when you met him, did you know that he was a made man? Well, as you I, say? I, I don't know for a fact that he was a made man. No, the other one was. Um, I don't know that for a fact. Didn't want to know. Um, but I knew that he didn't really work regularly. Um, I knew that I had Gucci luggage when I was, I was like 22 when I met him. He was 10 or 11 years older than me. And, you know, I just knew the lifestyle was similar to the other one, although I didn't iron his underwear and I didn't have to cook right. the plane. You know what I mean? You I saw similarities with your stepfather. Similarities. And you want to know something? At 22, it's impressionable. I was at regimes. I was, you know, being wined and dined. It was a lot of fun. Again, when I had my son, I didn't want to like him. And that's when I left him. You're fun. It's all fun and games. Did you have to ask permission? Uh, 
I made it, I barely made it out with my life. I didn't ask anyone permission. That was the problem. And I barely made it out with my life. I'm lucky. Listen, I'm lucky to be alive after, you know, leaving here. But you're still here. I'm still here. I mean, does the mob exist anymore? I think they exist. I think they're much more low key. I think it's much more like they're businessmen and, um, you know, it was cleaned up a little bit, but look what took, took its place. Well, these gangs took place, you know, so. What about, like, because we both know, like, a Karen Gravano. Like, we we're friends Karen. with Karen. We, we love, love Karen. Karen. She's been on this podcast, yeah. one of the nicest people in, literally in the entire world. Love her. Way nicer than me. Way nicer than me. Right, like, Karen's a sweet woman. You and I are not sweet. No, listen. People tell me I'm nice all the time. Yeah, no. I'm like, I'm not no. that nice. No, no, Neither am I. But listen, we could, could we have good hearts. Yeah, have a good heart. Don't even try to take advantage because we'll just... Oh, I'll, I'll cut someone like... We did. Uh, I am nice. I've said this before. If you draw a line down the middle and I'm on one side and you're on the other side and you think you're going to come at me, you will be decimated, destroyed, and you will, won't even know what year it is. Correct. I mean, but, I'm also a lawyer, also, so right. that, let's build that in. Right, you are. But here's the thing. Some people aren't even with you. No. Certain people you just cut out of your life and no. you just never, I like, you're like, ew, I don't even want to be. Uh, no. I don't want to think of them. I don't want to be around them, you know. But to the other point, I have, take we have thick skins. Like, you can say oh. anything. I mean, I, I love everyone. Like, I started a 10 out of 10 until you fucked me. And then 1, you're dead. See, this is why we're friends. Then you're dead and I will... I will go so far and make your life so miserable with just like one flick of a switch that yeah, I could easily yeah, do. But, yeah. Now, like but said, short of that, I love everyone. And like, you can too. say anything you want about me. You I can, love when people call me names. Me too. Say shit about me online. Oh, Bring it on. Yeah. Bring I'm the on. same way. So we're, we're very nice. We're yes. just, but like, so like Karen's really nice, you know. What a sweet person. Her daughter's gorgeous. Gorgeous. So, like, gorgeous. what did you think of like a show like Mob Wives when it was on? Do you watch? Oh Mob my Wives? God, Listen, I know Renee too, and I love her sister Lana and her other sister, the one that produced Jen. the show. Yeah, love them. Um, Lana and I are good friends. Renee and I were friendly. Renee came to the original pod. Um, listen, I wouldn't. I was scared to death. Could you imagine? I mean, Andrea, I think is the. I love her, but I ain't messing with Drita. Do you know what I mean? She'll beat shit. She would beat the crap out of me. You know what I mean? I'm not so going mob wives scared you. Hello? Sure. I mean, I would go hang out with them, but not on the show. No. no. Well, I mean, it got green lit because of Jersey Housewives. It, like, took Jersey Housewives to another level. You better believe it. But you know what? These girls went down. I mean, they, they don't play. No. They don't play. I mean, it was like... I remember the first season I'd watch it, I'd be like, I don't even know how this show was made. Like, how is this on TV? Yeah, and you know, they really, they beat each other up. I don't want yeah. to beat up. So Mob Wives scared you, Karen? A little bit. Oh, I love the show. Don't get me wrong, but scared me. I was like, oh my God, I don't want to get any of these girls mad at me. Who do you think is the scariest out of Mob Rita. Wives? Yeah. And I adore her. I Read up, you're out there. I adore you. And I think, do I think she's hot? She's cool. Um, man, you go in. You go, you know, she goes in. And she also wants nothing to do with the show. She's I recently, heard. because Renee, apparently every Christmas, Renee starts talking about a Mob Wives reunion or reboot. She just, she just did it recently. And Dorita just came out on social and is like, every year we go through this with Renee. And let me just make this clear. I got some of my own projects that I'm shopping. And okay. then she's like, it will never happen. Well, they could do it without Dorita, but yeah, Dorita kind of. 
you know, David was pretty cool on the show. But Karen really added validity to that show Amazing. because, I mean, she's Sammy the Bull's daughter. Yes. But when she was on this show too, I talked to her of like, that's your life. Like she didn't know any difference. So I'm she not saying it's bad. I'm just saying it was so interesting. It's like being the child of a celebrity. Oh, it's 1, like you don't know that your life isn't normal and normal is the wrong words. I hate that word. When John like, Gotti, Karen, Karen, when John like, Gotti was a movie star. Let's face right. it, he wasn't just the head of the, he was a movie star. You know, maybe that's what got him into trouble. You know what I'm saying? Because he was so out there, you know, so put out there. But you know, she, her life was a lot different than mine. Remember, she, that's her father. And you know, she had to deal with a lot of it, you know, which I didn't have to, you know, thank God I didn't have to, you know, deal with it later on. And life, but I feel for Karen because she's been through some rough times. And is the nicest, most honest. Can't even. What a wonderful girl. Well, say enough about her. She was on this podcast. Her father now has a podcast. Okay, good for him. And I reached out to her, texted her the other day to say, "Hey, your dad has a podcast now, and if he wants to come on my podcast to promote it, promote it, he could. No pressure." But I haven't heard back from Karen. So maybe he's just getting on his feet with it. I was like, no pressure, because I, I, I'm the type, I would never want someone to think I'm using them. Of course. I'm like, I'm not using you, Karen, but would I have Sammy the Ball on this podcast? Are you fucking kidding me? me? I have a piece of on my guys, so that's why I'm fixing myself. You look good. So wait, so you think the mob has changed throughout the years, and it's kind yeah. of... They're trying to stay now. more low-key, you know, um, which is smart. That's smart. smart. Wait, I have another question. Is there something that interferes with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? For me, listen, I love being the host of the Behind the Velvet Rope podcast, but bringing you guys five shows a week, tracking down the top Bravo celebrities to bring you new creative content every day, that causes me stress. It causes me anxiety. I'm not even going to get into the lack of sleep or lack of a relationship. So I needed somewhere to turn. And for me, I turned to BetterHelp. I love BetterHelp because it's professional counseling right from the comfort of your own home. What they do is they match you with a licensed therapist who is a professional that fits your needs and the things that you want to talk about. So you may not have the same issues as I do. They also deal with LGBTQIA issues anger, grief, trauma. If you are having relationship issues, if you're in a relationship, good for you. I'm not. They really deal with everything and everything you share is confidential. So I cannot stress how much because of this job that I love so much, it has caused me some issues and BetterHelp really is a lifesaver. Right now, if you guys also want to start living a happier life, as a listener, you get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash velvetrope. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash velvetrope. BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Velvet Rope. And as a listener, you guys get 10% off your first month. Try it. I promise you, you are going to feel so much better once you talk to one of their licensed professional counselors. And listen, so many people have been using BetterHelp. They're actually recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. DM me. Let me know how it goes. This has been a lifesaver for me. Okay, so you're living your life in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. 
and we have reality TV. Did you watch before Jersey Housewives? Did you watch like any of like? Did you watch OC Housewives? Not one. You never got into it. When Danielle, which is okay. Walked, when Danielle walked into my store, I didn't even know what New Jersey Housewives because they really? just they just filmed six episodes. And she was all on film in the show called New Jersey Houses. I'm like, what? I had no idea what she was talking Did you know Dan? Like, did, so did you know any of them before no, the show? Danielle walks into my, my circle. Really? You didn't know Teresa? No, none I did. None of them. I don't know if I knew that. None of them. Oh. None of them. She just literally, she had cameras? No, she walked in without cameras oh. on a regular day. Her and Jacqueline were shopping. Jacqueline was at the, I was in a mall. So Jacqueline had gone to the cleaners and the mall. And Danielle was, let me check out, because my window was always real cute. She goes, let me check out the store. And she loved it. And then she brought Jacqueline and then Jacqueline came to the store and we became friends. And it wasn't airing yet. So they just said, they we're, filmed, we're filming this they thing. Filmed the first, they filmed the episode and the table flip had happened. Already. It happened. So you, you would like say, so you became friends before the show even came out, like that first season. No, I knew nothing about it. But you still weren't like, oh, this is a big deal. Like no. you're just like, whatever. No. So then the show comes out. Well, then I went to the dress. They, they remember when they come out in the green room and they have to film that where they all come out with their families when the show opens? Remember yes. When, show? Okay. when it says Teresa, it shows the okay, little so kids with Joe. Danielle was scared to death to go by herself. To film her thing? So, yeah, Why? Because she was all alone? She was scared to death of them. They hated her guts around. They were oh, all God. hated her guts. Okay, tell us. So she was wearing some posh things and she borrowed a couple of things from the store, which is cool. We were friends. So she asked me if I would go with her. So I said, okay, I'll go. They put us in a private room. All the other girls were nice to me. They never no problems with me. Because they didn't know you. They, they didn't know me. And Jacqueline knew me from the store, you know, when she met me. So Jacqueline was like, hey, hey. You know, when Jacqueline was doing her stuff, I sat in the, they, the producers let me sit out there while Danielle was in the back room sipping wine through a straw. And this was like, they weren't famous because they didn't Not know at all. No one knew who they were. Right. So, and I was in the back where they were getting dressed and all that. And there was a, there was a producer named Carlos King, who I still love to this day. I adore him. And um, he was like, hi, you know, he introduced himself. I'm high. I'm here to protect Danielle. And just be, you're not protect her. You know what I'm saying? Did you say protect? Yeah, I was, you know, teasing. Okay. So, when that was done and said, the next thing that I know is my Michael, my boyfriend of 13 years who also passed away, this is amazing. Eight years ago, I'm still not over it. Um, he bought a table for 10 at $1,000 a plate for Caroline Manzo's backyard for the Sheriff's Department fundraiser. Not knowing they were filming. I'm being asked, didn't know, just in my outfit. Like just totally unrelated. Totally unrelated. Okay. We're sitting there at $1,000 a plate and we're getting drunk, we're having a good time. When this was after you filmed these the same day? I didn't film anything yet. Oh. I just met Carlos King when they were filming. I was just right. a friend. I got it. This is backstage. You met him. Yes. You're protecting so now, blah, blah. I've never seen him again. Now okay. they're filming Caroline's. Which was the next season. Next season. Okay. I'm sitting at a table minding my own business. I asked Caroline, who I kind of knew, do you think I can use your lady? No problem. Did you know they were filming? It was obvious. They get a well, sign, whatever. I, really, I really, I was drinking. I didn't pay attention. Oh, we so, know how you get when you you're drink. Not, listen, two drinks wasted. So, People don't realize. Oh my God, that. And so, the other thing is, when we hang out, the next day I'm like, okay, it's 8 a.m., wake up, let's go for more. Kim's like in bed for two days. Two days. Two days. Two days. So, okay, go on. Now, so I go to the ladies' room and I come out, and there's Carlos King. And he's like, Kim? Like, yeah. He goes, 
Même pas avec plus de ça, mais il y a des gens qui ont 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 des gens And they start filming at my table. Wait, were they already at your table? Or did no, they rearrange? They rearranged. They all came and sat. They all pulled up chairs at my table. So someone must have told them. And Carlos King. Wow. Go over there and film again. That's right. Because I was the only go between between them and Danielle because they weren't filming with Danielle. So they and you them. hadn't met any of them except no, for Jacqueline. Except Jacqueline. Okay. So Jacqueline was very sweet. Right. Jacqueline and Chris were sitting with us and we were like having a great talk with them. Yeah. And then they all start coming over. Then Danielle's name gets put up and say to me. she's not there. She's not there. She's not, she's not filming with them. No, no one will have anything to do with her. Okay. So there, I was the only go between. Listen, I, there's so many episodes of so many of these damn shows. It's so hard. I didn't realize in season two that they were already over Danielle. Don. I mean, I know that I watched the show, so that makes sense. Done with her. Right. So I'm there and they bring up Danielle and they say, Something about that. And I'm like, yeah, I'm a little annoyed with her because she owes me some money. And I didn't say it in a bad way. I'm just like, it's not cool. You come to my store, you take my clothes, you, and you, she didn't pay. So we start talking about that. And then we're talking about that. I didn't say anything bad about it or whatever. We filmed a little bit more. My boyfriend at the time said, I don't want Kim hanging around with Danielle. She's a pig. She's a pig. He just had a couple of drinks. That made it to the show. And um, show comes on. And there's Dina in her interview saying, yeah, and I think Kim D is like a little two-faced. And I'm like, what? Because I had nothing to do with it. They came to my, they made it seem, they cut it, that I went to their table. Do you understand? They, how they cut it, me yes. walking back from the bathroom, but they came to my table. And I'm like, far from that. But that's how they spun it. They made it like you went over to their uh, table exactly. and said, I want to talk about uh, Danielle. Exactly. Who was so, apparently your friend. Which was, was, she was an acquaintance at the time. And well, so now I'm like, oh, this is the way they play this game. Very easy for me. I could deal with it. And I really don't. Dina didn't really think that. I think she was told to say certain things. You know how that They goes. probably said to her, what do you think of Kim D? Exactly. Do you think she's two-faced? That's exactly and right. And Dina says, yes, I think Kim is two-faced. That's exactly right. That's how it works. And that's exactly screen right. So she didn't think that. They knew that deep down. But it was said. And then the first year, I'm getting all these messages from people like, You know, oh my God, Kim, I'm like, oh, yeah, right. You know, but it was funny. And then we got past that. And then I just became the villain. Um, but yeah, and then the next year, Danielle So Carlos had, really was like, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna just push you into the show. Push me right into the show. I mean, because you come back and they're all at your table. And then I mean, the that doesn't just on. happen. Then the next year was on. I was just, he wanted me on. And that's how I got Kim G on. Because Michael didn't want me to film with Danielle because of her reputation. Remember, I was his girlfriend of 13 years. And so, what? What was his, what well, was he said? Well, because she had a really bad reputation. For what? For, you know, sleeping with other sleeping guys and stuff. Yeah. He was with old-fashioned All of a sudden, you're shy and you don't want to say? Yeah, he, she was really, she was, listen, she even met, when she met some of his friends, like she would leave with him, them, and then the friends would tell him, and he'd be like, Kim, I really don't think it's cool that, like, I'm with you and your girlfriends, or your girlfriend's sleeping with my friends. Like, it's not, you know, he's an old-fashioned Italian guy. He doesn't want that. Did she have any other reputations? I mean, she owed you money. Oh, listen, she paid. She paid me the money. Okay. Um, so I can't, you know, talk shit about that. But you listen, she 
was an ex, you know, stripper, and that's how she met her husband, and she liked to sleep around with guys. Let's face it, she did all sex tapes. She has no discretion when it comes to men, you know, so. She must be doing, I mean, engaged how many times? Was it 19 or whatever now? That amazes me. Honey, I can't get engaged once. Listen. Like, I mean. I was married twice and engaged. That's not an issue with me, but, you know, I just, he, listen, he didn't hate her. He just didn't like the association. You know, so I asked my sister-in-law at the time, Kim Granitell, who was my sister. She was married to my stepmother. Go, why don't you film with Danielle? She needed a friend. And I'll film with Teresa and Jacqueline. And that's how that happened. So your man, he didn't care. Like, he didn't know the show. He wasn't like, I don't want you on the show. He hated the show, didn't want me on the show. So when he used to see the show when it came on, he used to act like I cheated on him. Like, why did you do that? I can't believe you did that behind my back. I'm like, because I'm not going to be told what to do. No, you're not one to be told. I'm not going to be told what to do. One thing to like not film with Danielle, you mean like, I get it. We did film a little bit. But that was his thing. He was like, you can film. Like, you know, I don't want you to film, film, but. Didn't want me to film. And you. I did it anyway. And you went and sought out your sister-in-law. I said, I said to Kim, would you, you know, introduce her. I said, and then they became friendly. I said, why don't you film? And then that's how they came up with Kim D and Kim G. Because we were two Kims on the show. And was Kim like, why would I go on a show? Or was she oh, like, she let me put loved, on my makeup, honey, let me get it. Wait, she loved it. Kim loved it. And I thought Kim was pretty good. She loved. She was pretty good. She loved being in front of the camera. I mean, she lives in Franklin Lake, so that's she a good She had more start. money than all of them put together. She has money. Big money. She has real money. Real money. Where does her money come from? My stepbrother. That's a whole nother story. That's a whole nother story. We don't have to get into that right yeah. now. But so she was just forced upon Danielle, and she was like, "I but like this girl." Good. Yeah, they yeah. got good in the beginning. They, they did. See, unfortunately for Danielle, see, I've seen all sides of Danielle. I liked her in the beginning, but you know, she can flip a switch. She doesn't speak to. Um, if we'll go to a restaurant, she doesn't. Know, we've discussed this about another mutual friend that we just got rid of that doesn't know how to speak to people at restaurants. You know, I respect everyone. When you're a waitress, they say, hi, what's your name? I don't want to call them, I don't call them waitress. Hi, what's your name? Maria. Oh, hi, Maria. Bartenders, I want to know their name. Um, she was mean. I've heard that from numerous people. And embarrassing. And I can't have that. She talks down to them. Talks down to people. And I don't talk down to anyone. I could see that. Yeah. I mean, I've met her many times. I've never had, sat and had a meal with her, but I've heard that she Her head spins around like the exorcist, and you never know what's going to come out of her mouth. So she can hide it for a while, you know? And then all of a sudden, the true Danielle comes out. I don't, listen, when I went into Danielle the last time, when they all came, they all thought they were going to, you know, bully me at the last fashion show, and they, uh, they came as a, a pack. Somehow I just rewatched that scene. It just popped up. So I, I was like, oh, how appropriate. I'm like this, come on. I'll take his all on. Danielle at the reunion had said to me, they cut a lot of the reunion out with different things. I had a nice conversation with people. Danielle said, were you really my friend? Or I said, yeah, I was. I really was your friend. You're the one who ruined it because you don't know how to behave. You know, I was What'd really she say to friend. that? She, she just looked sad. She looked a little sad about it. So we're going to come back to Danielle. When you, so then you, because of your man, throw Kim G on Danielle, you were then with like Jacqueline, who I you knew, and Teresa. I Jacqueline and Teresa. Me and Jacqueline and Teresa were very close. We would be on the phone every night until 12, 1 o'clock in the morning. All three about, of you. Oh, my God. 
Teresa would be folding clothes. Jacqueline, don't, the two of them don't sleep. And I'd be like laying in bed going, kill me, because you know I go to sleep early. Kill me now. But we were really close. And I was very close to Teresa for a very long time. And you met her just in this, this way. Yeah, and you just hit it close. off. What? How? Like, I can't picture that, knowing Teresa you. was very different back then. She just, what, like, loved you? Just wanted a gab? She did. She, I think she looked up to me as, like, a bigger sister. She liked the fact that, you know, she liked all the restaurants that I went to, that I knew, like, the finer dining and everything. And she thought I was fun. Like, she would laugh. We would be, you know, we were fun. And I was funny, and she got a kick out of that. And I loved her kids. Her kids loved me. Um, you know, so we got along great. We, she loved the clothes. She loved posh. She, she was always in posh. She did all the book signings. She spent a lot of time together. And she was like season two, three. Yeah. And not famous, famous. No more famous than any of the others. Right. And she wasn't making $1.5 million. Nope. And Didn't have all those other issues. The legal person. issues, which, uh, you So you know, guys just bonded. We really did. And, and so then, we were all, tour- we're all Taurus. Me, Teresa, and Jacqueline are all Taurus. And um, we have our, you know, we were really close. And you never, so well, how did the posh fashion shows then? Because listen, these are, when you look back at the history of RHONJ, when, when, when the show ends and they're like, these are the iconic moments, the posh fashion shows will always be part of that. Correct. So how did that become part of the show? Well, the first season, which was, I was not on. In the second season, um, I had the boutique, and I said, I'm going to have a fashion show. It was, I don't know what made me want to do this. So my mother belonged. Was that your first fashion show ever? Ever in my life. Oh, wow. So my mother belonged to the North Jersey Country Club. Where you know, well, I've her had a out. dinner with you. I've had Many dinner times. there with you. So, and my, you know, my stepfather was one, you know, one of the first Italian, um, you know, uh, members, and they were very, very respected members of the country club in New Jersey. And I said to my mother, I'm going to have it here. And I was selling tickets and a lot of the members were buying tickets because it was this, you know, the posh fashion show. I had no idea what was going to happen. So I, 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 saw, I oversold. We didn't even have a dance floor. I had this drink called the posh teeny, which was pink and it was vodka. Everybody was drinking them by the pitcher. Okay. They were, everybody was wasted. So then when I got there, I had the table set, like, I, it was like a wedding. David sits at this table, this would make everybody, when I walk in, all the tables were rearranged. People were standing everywhere, not knowing where to sit, because Carlos King, Carlos, if you're listening, he rearranged all the tables, because what he wanted was Danielle and Kim J to sit on one side of the couch. Who were the two friends at that right, point. And her table. And me, Teresa, Jacqueline, and Ashley to sit directly across from each other so we couldn't help us see each other. Do you see how these producers are? That's what they did. He was wealthy. Listen, New Jersey was number one for the two years. Then he went to Atlanta, and Atlanta became number one. So you, you knew, so you, you were, you, you got it. Like, you got the way. As soon as I walked in, I saw what they were doing. I said, I knew what he was doing, but I, I liked it. I thought it was fun. It's a, it's a reality show. Yeah. And we, you know, I knew there was going to be drama. I had no idea that that Teresa was going to chase Danielle through the country club. All the dishes went up in the air because they had just cleaned the dishes. That Danielle was going to get her hair pulled out. Her two Manola boots broke. No idea. And then 13 cop cars outside. My mother was mortified. And Ashley, Jacqueline Lolita's daughter, got involved. Yeah, and she pulled Danielle's hair. So 
well, and I assume some people bought tickets also because of the show. Like they, you I know, think so they were like, let's go see the housewives because yeah, we're in which was fine. season two, three. Yeah. But right. So this really happened. Really this happened. wasn't, that part was not set up by oh producers. Oh my God, no. So when that was happening with these real country club members and your mother, who's actually a member of this, like, they were not happy. What, like, were they, were you, were, were they freaking out? Were you freaking out? They were out? freaking out. My mother was freaking out. And then on the E channel, on the E channel, they have a ticker tape. They said North Jersey Country Club bans all RHONJ housewives. Which it's still the case. I don't know. I mean, I walked in there, I was not a housewife, and I have, I, I think they realized it wasn't my call. But I was I mean, almost scared to walk in, thinking they're going to tell me. And like I've been there since I was younger, girl, with my son since he was a baby, and my mother was just. Like, Does your mother have to go the next day and be like, "Listen, me and my daughter need to still be allowed here." Them. We had to go pay them. So when I went to pay them, I got hit with a bill for all the broken glasses and dishes, and I was freaking out. So I called Bravo and, or Sirens, and I said, "Listen, this is not my fault. I am not paying for the they paid." They paid for the broken dishes. That's I paid the bill for the food and the drinks, but they paid for the broken dishes. That's nice that they didn't argue because sometimes Bravo you know, doesn't they like that. And they knew what they did, and they got a two-part over-the-top yeah. episode that was insane. This is why there was table flips, and then there was that. It was crazy. And then I think I don't know. I, I forgot like Danielle press charges, but it was a whole thing yeah, with Danielle Ashley. Yeah, yeah, that's like what I thought. So that's kind of a big thing. And then what? Ever since then, you're like, I need to have another. I mean, did the producer say, by the it. way, you need to do this every year? I, listen, I made money on the fashion show. And I, and I was, I'm a smart businesswoman. And I said, I'm having another one. And then they filmed every one. Every one that I had, they filmed. They were just like, even when I wasn't like signed to the show, when I didn't sign a contract, they would see my Instagram and see, or my, my Facebook that I'm having a fashion show. They like, can we film it? Yeah, they pay me. Did you, were you shocked at like, at, I mean, everyone, like Teresa, even Teresa was running, you know, now we see, we come Teresa these days, but. Because she's letting other people do a dirty one. The table, I mean, she was 